So I'm going to be going a little bit back and forth. I'm going to be putting Gary to work on that slide because it's not just going to be scripture and then sermon. I'm going to go back and forth a little bit because I want us to notice something about this psalm. The scholar Walter Brueggemann in his book, Spirituality of the Psalms, he discusses three specific stages that take place within the Psalms. And they also do an amazing job of reflecting of where we are in our lives. And so the first stage is called orientation, or we can say first season. And so here, a particular song, psalm, or in today's case, the first portion of the psalm, affirms that the world is a well-ordered place. It is reliable. It is a life-giving system because God has ordained it that way. And so it is experienced within a protected space. So here now, Psalm 27, as it begins, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty, mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. So up to now, it sounds pretty good, doesn't it? That things are going well. Things make sense. But like we all know in life, things change. Change is inevitable. And so that leads us to Brueggemann's second pattern called disorientation, where he writes, human life consists in anguish, seasons of hurt, alienation, suffering, and death. These psalms evoke rage, resentment, self-pity, and hatred. Psalms of disorientation are poems that match the season in its ragged, painful disarray. These complaint songs have a recognizable shape that permits the extravagance, hyperbole, and abrasiveness needed for the experience. And so now listen for this sharp change. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me 
Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Boy, what a sharp turn Psalm 27 makes. But that is something that we can resonate with thousands of years later. Because sometimes we think and we have seasons in our own lives where we wonder if God has abandoned us too. We wonder if God has turned his back on us. We wonder if we've done something that has made God angry with us. Words of disorientation uncomfortably express displeasure, frustration, and anger with God. Times when life is simply unfair. Times when people are thriving because of their exploitation and violence. While people that are living lives of integrity are getting kicked in the face. Tragically, we are seeing this over the last couple of weeks in the region in and around Ukraine. Where an entire region has been thrust into a season of disorientation because of the Russian invasion. And every night we see the terrible atrocities that are taking place, the millions of people that are fleeing their homes. A season of disorientation. Now, the third stage that Brueggemann describes is called reorientation. And listen to how he describes this last stage. The Psalms regularly bear witness to the surprising gift of new life, just when none had been expected. Now, this part's important. The new orientation is not a return to the old stable orientation, for there's no such thing as going back. All these prayers and songs speak of the intervening action of God to give life into a world where death seems to have the best and strongest way. The songs are not about the natural outcome of trouble, but are about the decisive transformation made possible by this God who causes new life where none seems possible. Listen as the psalm now concludes. Words of reorientation. Yet I will remain confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Gary, if you could just go one more slide and then I, you're good for the rest of the way. Here, throughout Psalm 27, we have heard words of orientation. Where life is normal. Disorientation. Times that don't make any sense. And then reorientation, a new and different place. We heard it in the first lesson with Abraham and Sarah going through life. But then all of a sudden they can't have children. Time of disorientation. And then God comes to them and says, you will have more descendants than you can even count up in the stars. Reorientation. We see this in the life of Jesus Christ, in his normal life and ministry. And then a time where he is betrayed by one of his disciples. 
he is beaten and mocked and arrested and crucified and dies. Disorientation. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? From Psalm 22. And then three days later, reorientation. Resurrection from the dead. And I think we've seen these stages here at LVPC, or at least you have. Think about what you've been through. Normal church life, a healthy church, a pastor that you have known for 16 years, a youth director that's been in programs that are going, tons of kids, and then they both leave, and then it's followed by a global pandemic and all that went with that. This has been a time of disorientation for you all, has it not? It's been uncomfortable. It's been challenging. It has been a difficult season. And it's been hard for so many people. But I'm starting to sense that we are moving out of disorientation and into reorientation. Do you feel it? Do you sense it? I can just see it around us this morning. That we're moving from pandemic to endemic. And our guidelines are adjusting accordingly to that. That we have a time where we can have children's sermons once again and see all those beautiful faces. We can go down to faith quest and youth groups and confirmation classes. I love last week's soup supper being in the fellowship hall. I can't wait for next Sunday's uh, coffee hour and resume that again. You have a relatively new pastor. You got a new youth director. And so I do feel as if we are heading towards reorientation. And it's exciting. Now notice what Brueggemann said. We don't go back to how things were. The disorientation that we have experienced has forced us to change. And to adapt, we are kind of like that plant that's been pruned back. We've made sacrifices that have situated us to a new and different place from where we've ever been. And so, figuratively and literally, around the corner comes spring. may not feel like it today. It's coming eventually. We are in a new and different season. And I think it's important to note that we are having new and different conversations with a variety of committees. We are having conversations of what are the things that work in the life of this church that we need to reclaim, that we need to bring back. And then there are other conversations that are, how can we bring this back, but do it a little bit differently? Tweak it here and there and improve it. And then there's conversations about what do we need to do that is completely new and different. All these conversations are good. They're exciting. They are opportunities for growth. It's a new day. And so that is where I believe we are or are headed as a church. 
But where are you individually? I don't want to assume that just because we feel a certain way as a congregation, that that's where you feel as an individual. Maybe you are still in a time of disorientation. Your life has been disrupted. You are continuing to struggle. You're barely hanging on. If that's where you are, here's what I don't want you to hear from these psalms. I don't see anywhere in the psalms where the psalmist says, snap out of it. Pick yourself up from your bootstraps. The psalms don't teach us that we find our own way out. The psalms do not teach us that we live according to our own timeline. We live by God's timeline. We trust in God and not in ourselves. The other thing that the Psalms teach us is that we should expect hardship. We should expect grief. We should expect loss. Here's what else the Psalms teach us. That in those times, we are not alone. God has not abandoned us. God has not turned his back on us. God remains right here by our side. Finally, the Psalms teach us that God doesn't desire for us to stay lost forever. God doesn't desire for these seasons of disorientation to last forever. God hears our cries, cares about us, and will respond in ways that we can even comprehend, ways that are remarkable. Ways that are unpredictable and ways that are sometimes miraculous. If you are struggling and if you are thinking to yourself, will this ever get better? I want us to think about God's creation and how God's creation teaches us in different ways. I know today was a little weird uh, in terms of taking that one hour jump. But what's that saying? It's always darkest before the dawn. So we have the sun. We have the daily patterns that remind us that if you're feeling in a dark time, dawn's around the corner. The other thing is the seasons that they can teach us. Now, this is coming from someone that was born in Phoenix, Arizona that grew up in San Diego, California. I am looking for signs of warmth. I am looking for signs of spring. And so I'm driving down 24, and there by Alstead Farms are those peach trees. And I could see signs of spring. I could see the pinkish hue on those trees. And I talked to a friend of mine about it, And she's born in New Jersey. She's a native, went to Rutgers. Her brother is a farmer. And she says, yeah. She said, but if those trees bloom too soon, they're in trouble. And March in New Jersey is still winter. (laughs) Or it's supposed to be, she said. That was on the day that it was like 60-something. What a help full reminder that she had that sometimes 
As hard as it is, God desires for us to stay in a particular season just a little bit longer. Because God still has something to teach us. Because those conditions just aren't quite right yet for the next season. And so we persevere. We hang on just a little bit longer. And so the rhythms of the day, the rhythms of the season, they have something to teach us. But so does our memory. So now if you are a little bit older, this is where you've got an advantage over some of you that are a little bit younger. I want us to think back to a time in your life where you were in a season of disorientation. Not now, but in the past. Maybe you went through a separation or a divorce or a breakup. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you had a health crisis. Maybe you lost a friend or a loved one. But I want you to fix your thoughts on a particular moment, season of your life. Looking back, did God remain by your side during that time? Did God provide what you needed? Did God eventually guide you through that tough time and onto a new season? If you're like me, you can look back on those times and say, absolutely. And so we can remember those tough times where we had God's support and guidance and protection. And we learned and we grew and we became better. Those memories can help us. And we can lean on them and we can say, well, if God helped me and protected me and watched over me back then, surely he'll do it again now. Like the Psalms, there are different seasons that we go through. The normal, the everyday, the ordinary. Times when things make sense. And then there are seasons where everything gets turned upside down. Where we are disoriented. We experience seasons of loss and heartbreak. And then there are new seasons. Where we are finding ourselves with new opportunities but also in this new place where we can lean on and draw from knowledge and experience and perspective to help us through these new times. I remember being a kid and asking my grandpa, what's your favorite part of the Bible? My grandpa was a pastor for 50 something years and his response was a surprising one for me back then. He said the Psalms and I didn't get it as a kid. But I do now, because as I got older, my parents and my family started to tell me more information about my grandpa, about the mistakes that he made, about the struggles that he had, the struggles that he was able to overcome. And so now I think about his answer, and it makes total sense that... The Psalms reflect the highs and the lows and everything in between. 
I love how the Psalms, even though they're thousands of years old, they still resonate with what we are going through, whatever it is that we are going through. And they remind us that God is trustworthy, that God is dependable, and that God will bring us from one season of life to another. Amen.